0: Monty was founded by John Milan in 1648. Hello there,
1: this is Rich from the Metal
0: Cell Podcast.
1: I'm delighted to welcome Clive Bulger. He's gone frozen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> what a stage. Sorry. Dave,
1: Clare, how are you, Dave? Yeah, just Brilliant. a
3: bit of a back connection there. All right,
1: no bother. Brian, how are you? Well, boy. And we have Dave Longin as well. Thanks, Dave, for coming in
0: as well. Uh, how are you doing, all Richie?
1: So yeah, so this show is all about the Waterford metal scene. We're going to go back in time and try and connect the dots. And yes, it had, we can verify that it had quite a metal scene. So I'll just give a few fun facts on Waterford. So Waterford City is Ireland's oldest city. The Irish name for Waterford is Port Larga, which means leg-shade the river. Mm -hmm. The Vikings established Waterford as a walled city by Viking Ragnall, the grandson of Ivor the Boneless. In 914 AD, the Norsemen enclosed some 15 acres of the city with walls and fortifications that were rebuilt by the Normans and it became a cathedral city in 1096. Uh, what else? Oh, here's a good one. You'll all love this. The Christian Brothers were founded in Waterford. Our favourite friends, the Christian Brothers.
0: But it, Thankfully
1: I have
3: no experience
1: of them uh, I do I still have the
0: fucking scars I unfortunately do Jeez sorry <laughs> Yeah, uh, It's all very black metal
4: straight away anyway Anti-religion Those of cathedrals and vikings Yeah Jesus Christ So Waterford
1: man Thomas Francis Mar, Mar Created the Irish Tricolor Mar. You all know that one of course Born and reared in yeah. Lismore Castle Robert Boyle is hailed as the father of chemistry And is most famous for Boyle's law And uh E.T.S. Walton was the first man to split the atom and the only Irish man to win the Nobel Prize for Science. Go on. Yeah, here's another one
3: for you. Jacob's Biscuits started in Waterford. Yes,
1: and bacon curing as well. Bacon and rashers were invented in Waterford. Imagine that. on Bridge Street. Yeah, so that's all my little stats. Uh, Dave, did I do well?
2: No sure the don't I don't want to
1: go both time. Ah, come
0: on now. I forgot them. one but back There it is. You forgot one important fact there, that Watford is better than Cork. No, they're not. (laughs) No, they're not. No, let's not get... What about, is
1: Watford better than Kilkenny? How about that one? That's not even
2: a question. There's no other
1: anyway. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Just Watford
2: with notions.
3: (laughs) So, Clive. Hello. How are you, man? Yes. I'm good, I'm good. Just back from buying roller skates for my young lunatic, so I'll probably be going to a hospital tomorrow with him. Okay,
1: <laughs> so we have you for a small bit here. Um, I suppose you're the elder statement of of us all. And the kind of foster, yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to ask your age, man, but you might be able to fill us in on what it was like in Waterford back when you were growing up. What, was there much of a scene there?
3: There was, there was indeed, but it wasn't so much like strictly metal. hmm It was like, uh, there's a band on, everybody went. (laughs) Yeah. And there was lots of places to play. Right. A lot of places. Um, It was also back at the time where, when you were 14 14 years old, you could get into a bar. Ah. If you knew the doormat. Right, okay. Which, thankfully, I did, in in a a very famous venue in Waterford. It's it's physically still there, but it's been closed for many years, the showboard. Okay. When I was 14, I used to go down there, I think it was every third Wednesday or something, to see Mama's Boys. Cool, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And um, a doorman, was he? the doorman there um, lived on the same street as me. And he knew my age. And he used to say, Right, go down the back. If I see you near a drink, I'll be up to your father in the morning. Remember
1: <laughs> you know? the crows, like um, right yeah. there for say Mama's Boys?
3: Packed out, 300, 300 full. Mm three, four hundred, whatever it could hold back in the day. And um, I mean, from going to those gigs and seeing Mama's Boys, I, I got to know the three brothers, including Tommy, who is sadly no longer with us. And we always kept in touch throughout the years, you know. Mm. And um, to cut a long story short, I ended up doing some gigs in 2008, 2009, 2014 with Pat McManus. Just as a dip, I was never officially a member of his band. Mm. That's cool. So yeah, they were yeah, it was great fun. What an experience! No rehearsal. Woohoo! Yeah, and what when Mama's um, Boys are playing? That was what nineteen eighty early eighties, was it? It would have be been nineteen eighty two. I uh, mm. nineteen eighty two. Yeah, when when the Plug It In album came out. Okay. Then of course there was other bands. There was many local bands. The the two rock bands I suppose around 1983, 84 were uh, Purple Haze for Half Waterford, Half New Ross. And then there was another band from Tremor who were called Dream Deceiver. Right. And um, then I formed my first band in 1984, a band called Task. Right. And uh, we lasted for four years. And uh, our biggest claim to fame was supporting Def Leppard. Nice one. Where did you support them? In a place called Katie Riley's Kitchen, which is physically, again, like the showboat, still there on halfway between Waterford and Tremor. Jesus. So,
1: like, what release had were.
3: They it was, no? after, it was after Pyramania and it was before Hysteria. Because what they did, and I don't know who knows this, I mean, I'm sure many people who will see this video will know. Um, at that time, their drummer had the accident where he lost his arm. Hmm. So because I think two or three members of Death Leopard, definitely Joe Elliott, um, they were living in Dublin, they decided to do a six-day at Irish tour as a warm-up for Castle Dyington, which became downloaded. Oh, okay. And they played the SFX in Dublin. They played Waterford, Galway, Corp, Limerick, wherever. And um, I, at the time, was 18, and I was a snotty-nosed little git, I suppose. And uh, I wanted that Def Leppard gig, you know? Jesus. And Yeah, I. Um, and I got it. So you were
1: playing with Def Leppard on drums? No, Your no, band no was, My band was support was Fort Leopard. Yeah. Yeah. And was it Rick Allen? Was he was that the guy last season yeah. Was he yeah. playing with them after that accident
3: at that stage? Yes. Yes. That was actually that gig that we did with Def Leppard in August 1986 was the second of six gigs that they did around Ireland. Mm-hmm. But I believe it's in the Def Leopard history books because it's the first gig that Rick Allen played without the aid of another drummer. Oh. Wow because the venue was too small for two kits. And I think Jeff Rich, who was the drummer with Status Quo at the time, um, he was on the tour with him to help them out. Hmm. But I think he only you know, ended up playing one or two gigs of the six states, and they realised, no, we don't need a Rick We can put it off. We can do it.
1: Yeah, that's
3: amazing. Jesus.
1: And have you Def Leppard fans back in the day?
5: Uh,
3: the uh, guitar player and bass player were massive Def Leppard fans. I think I have one Def Leppard album. Sorry if any <laughs> fans of Def so, sorry to all fans of Def Leppard or all members of Def Leppard. Um, I liked them, but when they got very very commercial, I personally lost interest. Yeah, But they were very nice to us. Joe Eddie bought us beer and you know, they were so so friendly and so nice. To us. Uh, even like Steve Clark, who was known to be very, you know, shy and keep away from well, not keep away from people, but he was—he was generally quite individual. Um, we met him only for a few minutes, but he was very, very nice, mm. very humble. But he disappeared very quickly. Yeah. Cool. He—he just—he just didn't want to be hanging around people. And did,
1: did the rest of you know that they came in through Waterford, lads?
4: Yeah, Brian or Dave? Yeah, uh, didn't hear about that at all. Oh, not really. Um, before my time, anyway. Just I—I uh, only moved to Waterford a good few years after, mm. so. Not an Aegis thing. Don't worry. <laughs> like Ageist me, I
3: couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, I actually have. I actually have it. I think I sent it to to Richie. I actually have a handwritten letter Joe, from yeah. Joe Elliott trying to help me get that gig.
4: Yeah, because back then, were you booking gigs just through, because it's all word of mouth back then? Like, were you just sending
3: letters, or was you book you book because you hear like your friends are being a band, or you hear of a venue, so you'd ring the venue. Some would ask you for a demo tip if you had a hundred and fifty pounds to record one. And yeah. uh, Some people would just take a chance on you and you played once, and you went back, or you played it once and you never went back. <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah,
4: the old Tascam um, four track recorders. Just,
3: I actually have my very first demo tape on, um, on Real to Real. I actually have the original Real to Real.
1: Jesus, <laughs> it's, it's getting something that'll play it now.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: that machinery is long gone. Jesus Christ.
3: There was actually, when I was in a studio here in, in Madrid about five years ago, I laid down some tracks for a band for just some rough demos that they wanted to do. And um, in that studio, they had a machine. Now, it was there as a piece of furniture. It wasn't functional. But just to see it, it was like, whoa, let's do the time warp again. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And like, Clive, again, what about big touring acts? Would they normally just hit Cork, Dublin, and Belfast maybe, or even?
3: Well, in, in, in the rock metal vein, yeah, most of them would, would go elsewhere because I suppose Waterford didn't really have the venues. We had the Savoy Theatre, uh, which Horslips played in 1978-79. Mm. That, unfortunately, is now uh, Supermax. <laughs> but um,
1: about
3: the Tin Lizzy? Yeah. Would they hit Waterford? Lizzy, no. I think the nearest Lizzy ever got to Waterford was they played somewhere in Kilkenny in 1981. But I did see Phil in a solo band in the Savoy in 1982. Okay. And uh, with Brian Downing, Jerome uh, Rimson, Darren Wharton, and it was obviously no Lizzie stuff played. It was purely mm-hmm. solo stuff. But I met Lynette afterwards and he was very nice. He had a nice little chat. But I was like, I was 4 Yeah. <laughs>
1: We'll say when you finished up then in Waterford, when
3: did you leave? Oh, I, I left Waterford in 1990 and I went to England for, I think, a year and a half, two years. Mm. And the
1: scene when you left um, it,
3: what was it like? Was it still vibrant then? Yeah, there was, there were, there was still a lot of, of bars. And, um, like, there was the old Rogue down on the Apple Market. There was many places that had bands, you know. Mm. And, um, and was it predominantly cover bands or originals? I I'd say at the time it was probably a healthy mixture of both mm, okay you know um, but what happened you know I mean I was out of there in 1990 and I have gone for 16-17 years and what I noticed when I went back for a couple of years was that yes there's still a lot of bands in Waterford today producing original music be it rock, metal or whatever Yeah. but the small few venues that are left they want it seems they want just cover bands mm. yeah Yeah, no, which is kind of sad. Yeah. Well, there's a big student population in Waterford. The culture has changed. They don't go out until you know, 11, 12 o'clock at night anymore. There's like only old men go to the pub for a pint at eight before a gig, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that, that I think society in itself has has changed, culture has changed. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so
1: yeah. Dave, I suppose, did you, did you start um, promoting down there, or Brian? When did you start doing gigs?
2: <clears throat> uh, I suppose very early 2000s. For me, I guess my first band was around 2002, I would say. Mm. Uh, there was a band called Downfall. Um, there was me. Oh geez, we Started out. There was six of us in it. <laughs> it was all covers to start off because we were young, you know. But mm. I don't know if anyone remembers Blast gigs. They were a Dublin company, and Rob Stevenson ran them, and he, he put them around the country. They used to be in Cork as well, I think.
4: Yeah.
5: At one stage, yeah, it
4: would have been a Kilkenny
5: thing yeah. as well. I would have yeah.
4: gone.
5: One
2: or two there. So um, so Blast started coming in regularly to to Waterford, maybe like once a once, once every couple of weeks. So and there was always huge turnouts at that um, it, was, it was the height of the new metal era shall, shall we say where you know you had Limp Bizkit and the Stained and the likes in the charts so it was popular you always had like three to 400 kids turning up these shows on a Saturday um, great theme um, at, at the time and uh, let me think geez Waterford bands at the time Zenith technically Hill Kenny, I suppose but they played in Waterford a lot uh, they were kind of a grunge band they were pretty cool and okay. um, were these all ages gigs, Dave? Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, It would have been. And and to be honest, you, you rarely would have seen anyone over 18 at it. Do you know what I mean? It was it was very much a Saturday afternoon, kind of, you know, mm. one until five or six kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was really good fun and I really enjoyed it. Um, And it was soon after that I started booking gigs myself around 2003 or four, And I might have done that for maybe, <laughs> Jesus, I don't know. A long time, <laughs> but it wasn't, uh, as soon as the recession hit, I know I'm fast forwarding a bit, but when the recession hit, 2008 or whatever it was, things just dried up really badly, you know, it wasn't worth it anymore. Yeah. yeah.
1: And those people that fun. were going to those gigs, Dave, um, they were all probably from Waterford, but there there Dungarvan or Kilkenny or was yeah, it just? Yeah, so
2: you kind of had an influx from Carrick uh, on okay. Shore, Poole Town and Kilkenny, Um, New Ross you know close enough towns that could get a bus to Waterford and they'd come in for the day or whatever as well you know and that was mainly the all ages gigs but I started running I suppose I started running Murfest in which was like so how Murfest started I ran for 10 years and basically one year for my birthday I put on a gig and when it finished you know I just did it for the crack but the lads were just like Jesus you should do that for your birthday again next year like I'm like all right." and then so every year for my birthday for 10 years I ran a show and I didn't even call it Murfest. Fest in the end. It was people because my nickname is Murph. Like, so, you know, I think Bobo was the only one here that probably knows that my nickname was Murph.
4: Um, uh, like, you were doing the, like, cause now every gig is a fest. Like, every yeah. three bands in one day is called a fest. If You were doing it before that was the a, a thing, like, yeah, yeah. you know?
2: So, um, that got, like, that really took off as the years went on. Like, I remember. What well,
1: venue was that, Dave? Where was it on? It changed. It, really changed, it changed, so The
2: first time it was on was at the Glen Tavern, which was a pub next to the Forum venue. That Was the very first uh, one kind of a small little place, Clive, You probably remember the Glen Tavener say, do you?
3: I do, but it wasn't it wasn't called that back then. I think it was called Fleming's, or something. right?
2: Okay, yeah, this would have been kind of 2004, maybe 2005.
3: I, I was uh, actually went back to England for a second time, uh, and I was there for five years and I left in 2006. So. yeah,
2: yeah, um, so that was the first one anyway. And then, geez, I can't remember where the second one was now. It might have been in Paul Flynn's, which used to be called the Kings. And the Kings was a very good venue in Waterford for a long time. Yeah, that was a, that, that
3: was a nice little venue. Yeah, alien. really, Down really good. on Lombard Street.
2: Um, and it's a shame it went, it went to the wayside, really. But Paul Flynn, actually, you know, fair play to him. He was a former former hurler. Was I was going to say, yeah,
1: I heard of Paul Flynn. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah and he, so he owned the place. And, you know, you wouldn't have expected a hurler no. pub to have metal lads in. But he saw it, He saw the money coming in. So, you yeah. know, Paul Flynn's became a bit of a hotbed as well for, for gigs. Nearly every week, every Friday and Saturday. You know, Bobo will attest to that, I think, that there was a good, good crowd yeah. down there.
1: Jesus, that's mad. And um, what about the, I suppose you kind of associate Wardenford as well with the Free Wheelers. Um, oh, I remember when they started.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you could probably name them, could you? <laughs> Clive. I,
5: well,
3: as far as I remember, the the, the founding members—I mean, I don't know all of them—but there was Blue O'Shea and uh, Claudio Gianni. Uh, Claudio's father was Italian, and uh, they lived. I'm, I'm originally from Lisnoggin and Waterford, and um, Claudio was from Belvedere, which is basically across the road. And you know, we were what ten. <laughs> And we had trolleys. And lads, if you, I'm not talking about supermarket trolleys now. I'm talking about a big lump of wood and wheels off yeah the system. Yeah, tricycles, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and hammer all, the, hammer all the wheels onto a plank of wood and then kill yourself on the street. Mm. Um, yeah, and I remember going over and, and seeing all these Harley-Davidson's and, you know, I was 10 years old and then the lads would give us advice on how to build the trolleys. And, and you know... <laughs> Because they were neighbours and you saw them across the street. Yeah. So that was 40, that was forty years ago, you know.
5: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But um you'd always know, wonder then, like with the freewheelers today I suppose today get any gigs going themselves where they kind of
3: They used yeah. to they used to, yeah. There's, there's a pub in Waterford called the Clayboy. It's still there.
4: And it's actually Yeah,
3: yeah, I know that. It's yeah. actually yeah. near my first house in Waterford, yeah. It's actually where I played my first gig. And um but the freewillers used to do a blues night up there. I I think on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And um, they'd have bands from all over the country come and play. There was a blues in rock. Mm. And I remember one night I was there and uh, all the bikes were outside, you know. And somebody came in, said, lads, there's somebody looking, there's somebody to touch touching the bikes. And they all legged it outside, <laughs> thinking there's somebody after taking a bike, touching or damaging the bike. No, there was three kids outside standing there looking at the bikes like this.
1: Jesus, yeah.
3: The boys went out for fucking war, like. Oh, yeah, they went. There, they went out. <laughs> I
4: can attest to that. That uh, that never stopped
3: anyway. <laughs> but yeah, they used to run regular gigs, and then they had the bike show, which uh, ended up, I think, being held in the city center. But they used to do it out in the sweep in Colymeden. Okay. And I think Bono actually went down one time um, with Larry and the two lads bought Harley-Davidson's from the three-wheelers. Oh. But, yeah, there's, there's photos and stuff mm. about that on the net. Jeez. Um,
4: we hope they placed pleased him on the price anyway.
3: <clears throat> Was that money
4: going like...
1: So, like, Brian, would you would have probably worked in pubs uh, frequented by the three-wheelers and they were...
4: Yeah, like it's a good few years later, so I suppose probably a sea change in culture. Like I was a blow into Waterford, mm. so I wouldn't have been there for like a lot of blast days. I would have arrived around the time, say, the Paul Flinskies were at Murphy's. There. Yeah. Um, I ended up working in Murphy's, which was the Hog's Head. Yeah. Um, by then, a lot of the kind of bikers say, the guys he's talking about found it, would have been kind of family event at this stage. Right. Um so the culture was still there, like they, it was mostly still blues rock. So I mean, they didn't really have much to do with metal anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'd still have a large turnout for anything. There would be things in the clubhouse. They'd have gigs. Um, I and mean, there, 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 tour ones. Like basically any like kind of bike shows. There would obviously be bands at mostly blues rock scene again, because that's mostly where the biker culture is. Um, Murphy still ran gigs, not too many metal ones, realistically. Yeah, very um, small. Very small but, body. But they were still supportive. It's funny enough, like, I uh, won't name too many names because you know, the biker culture, like, you just don't say too much. But, um, like, some of the MCCs definitely helped out with like <laughs> raves, like, say, electronic music and kind of underground gigs that way. So they let the clubhouses happen, like, Jeez. gigs happen there, just uh, provide their own security basically. Oh, and okay, <laughs> what happens happens, yeah. <laughs> so different genre, but still the same
3: vibe, you know. <laughs> were you? Can I ask you were, you, were you working in Murphys or were you around Waterford in 2014? I
4: left Murphys in 2011, I think, um, and then, yeah, moved to Cork around 2012, so getting okay. against Waterford, but I'm sure we'll touch on the recession stuff later, but it's just the way the town went, you know?
3: No, the reason I, I'm just looking at you there thinking, I'm, I'm trying to place you in a place, if you know what I mean. Because I, I, I did a gig in more since 2014. And again, going back to the Mamas Boys little connection, um, it was a bit of, bit of a favour from Pat McManus at the time. Um, he had come down to Waterford to play in the Wama Music School out on the Dunmore Road to do a, a gig for kids on a Friday evening with his band.
5: Oh.
3: And it was great. The, the place was full of 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds. They didn't have a notion of who they were watching, but they loved it. Mm. And I had a bit of a chat with Pat beforehand and Jerry uh, Burke asked me to ask Pat for a favour. So between the jigs and the reels, I'm not going into details. I'm not going to bore the, bore the hell off you. But um, Pat came in after his gig with his band and me and a, and a bass player that I roped in from Waterford. Um, we went into Murphy's for a jam. Yeah. And I said, you know, like between myself and Jerry Burke, I we said, uh, you know, an hour will be fine. No, not with Pat. That turns it into a two-hour gig. Jesus. You know, and he even brought his acoustic with him so we could go for a wee-wee or a cigarette or whatever. And he did a couple of acoustic songs. Fucking hell. And I'm thinking, this man is mad. You know, he's just driven down from Fermanagh. He's just just on a two-hour gig with his band. And then he's coming in here and doing another two hours. And then he drives home. Yeah. But I have uh, two videos of that, but um, they were were filmed by a, a chap that I know who had a few beers in him that night, and um, I only have them on Facebook, so they, they were never made public. Mm.
5: The am shaking cam.
3: The videos were held sideways, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But it doesn't It do, doesn't do wonders for your head when you're watching it. But, uh, yeah, that was great, you know. We, we we just played covers, and we played one numbers by song, mm. the classic Needle in the Groove. Yeah. Essentially. So, uh, yeah, we played most and Morphs are very small, you know, but, but cosy yes. at the same time.
1: So there's um, a school of music in Waterford, lads, is there?
3: There is, yeah, but they also, I mean, they, they, a, yeah, they, they teach all the instruments, they teach singing, but they also have dance and they do some, I think they do some acting, they do everything. Yeah, it's a,
2: it's a really impressive place. I've been out there, they have rehearsal rooms out there as well. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, and I have loads of friends actually working there teaching too.
3: Trevor, Trevor Darmody yes. owns it, yeah, yeah, And White, right. uh, yeah,
5: yeah, yeah.
1: And Dave, being from Waterford or being from Dungarvan I should say, um, how aware were you of the scene? You're fairly
0: younger <laughs> than the rest of the boys. So, um, so actually, I actually, I see, I have the, I, I have, the, I have the kind of have bad short-term memory, but I have the mm. benefits of Facebook uh, for my era. Uh, so I was able to actually look up stuff. So, like, my main kind of time there was maybe like. Uh, 2014, 2015, kind of um, the 2013 to maybe 2015, and um, my experience of it would have mostly been centered around a thing that was going at the time called Dole City Punks, which um was running in uh the what well, was then called the Red Kettle Theater and it was then called Central Arts. Um, but uh, basically what it was was don't there's there was nothing in Dungarvan. Um, there's always kind of not been a whole lot of you know original music scene around dungarvan uh, you know i yeah kind of trad board, but like a big focus on covers bands and stuff like that like a lot pretty much any young band that I start down there they get the whole i'll oh, do a couple of covers and in a few original songs mm. you know and see how it goes kind of approach to things um but i was making friends with people who are in um in uh Ardmore, more sorry and um, they were kind of telling me, oh, there's these gigs that go on up there, that are like all ages and stuff like that. So, you know, um, my, my parents would drive me up, and I'd go see them. And uh, it'd be like bands like from around my time it would have been a uh, Defector and Provisions and uh, N11. I think they were there called Broken. Um, and they were it was mostly punk bands, but like they'd be people doing like it was basically treated like an open mic thing. And I think the lineups were, like, randomised on the night. So you'd get gigs where, like, you'd have someone doing, like, a cappella pop-punk covers, followed by Mm -hmm. a grindcore band, followed by, you know, uh, an indie rock band, followed by, you know, a um, metalcore band. And um, just at that time, it was kind of a fairly small scene, and it was all, like, all ages stuff. These are all, like, you know, 16-, 17-, 18-year-olds. But, like, it really... It really kind of gave a lot of people mm. kind of thirst for. it. Um, l- l- looking up these bands afterwards out of today, I-, I realized that like not many of them went beyond like 2015 or 2016. Um, I think there's only mm. one that's still active. Um, but I mean you know th- that, that scene at that time was it was, it was all all ages stuff. Um, because that's all we could go into so you know stuff like Sal's or like some of the venues the lads mentioned like i never really got much experience to them because i went off to college in limerick um but yeah at, at that time it was it was a nice kind of little feeling to the thing and, and everything and you know it kind of felt like there was a nice little scene going to kind of give me a thirst so.
1: i think the vibe was at a big festival down there years ago bob dylan played there and a few others that was a tremor Tr- was it tremor yeah Mm. yeah Ray Charles played yeah <clears throat> yeah it was one of those ones yeah there was it was a savage yeah, line there
3: that, that, that was yeah it was unbelievable that was in 1992 I think mm.
1: I think it was it your man actually from the Mean Fiddler was Vince involved Power. in it Vince Powell, yes yeah. so like I mean yeah. Jesus Waterford definitely yeah. at that stage like I mean I don't know how many it was like I don't know what the capacity was around 60,000 people at these things
3: That yeah, was mental yeah it was mental yeah I I think it was held on. I I wasn't at it because I I was living away from Waterford at the time. Um, I think think it was up at the Tremor race course. I'm not sure. Mm. Okay. not sure. The the lineup was insane. I mean, it was Joan Baez, it was Van Morrison, the the Chiefs. I I actually saw
1: the Chieftains, would you believe? I went in to watch them
3: for the sake of... I'm a bit of a trad. I'm a bit of a trad head, so uh, the Chieftains would be... I wouldn't mind seeing the chieftains. I never saw them. Yeah. There was a tradition
1: there of big festivals for a period of time. Um... Yeah.
3: (laughs) But I I think, as we were saying, or one or two of us have mentioned, you know, apart from, I think, myself personally, that every 20, 25 years, society changes. (laughs) And um, between the internet, I mean, yeah, the internet is great, but it's a pain sometimes as well, you know. Um, Culture changes. Yeah.
2: You know, like it, decided, I mentioned yeah, another festival that I'm trying to remember the name of now although well, well, you might remember but Napalm Death played at it and Primordial oh I know it uh, well yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah there's the details game. we won't yeah, go yeah. into around that but the fact that you know yeah. Napalm Death and Primordial played at the Forum in Waterford was pretty cool like, you know mm, Jesus when was that Dave? 2009 2008 vaguely yeah, remember
3: hearing about
4: that yeah. and my old band Orpheus played at that as well so the story behind that, I suppose, was to pick up from where Murph was talking, say, the Paul Flynn's gigs. So they, when I moved to Waterford, the gigs were already there. They'd been going to gigs. Where was it? Drones yeah. was the name of it? Murph?
2: Drones, yeah, it would have been before Paul Flynn's, yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah, and basically that pub was putting on the gigs for quite a while. And she so you had a fairly decent scene and probably come back to it a bit where it like death metal gigs and all of that. Then it moved to... The Bowery, which is now the Reg, I think, <laughs> unless it's changed names. Yeah, yeah. And um, there was the Forum. Music Lab moved over there for a while, but it was kind of a free for all. You could get, you could book a metal gig, pretty much any venue. They are all very receptive, open-minded kind of bookers.
2: Electric Avenue, highly worth mentioning.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah. One, same, same era. And like you could just, you could have absolutely packed out. Have your normal Saturday night play and have a metal gig in the middle of it, like with all the kind of people that are not into that scene whatsoever mingling with you out in the smoking area Uh very properly open minded the gigs going on from the Bowery kind of went from there they started picking up speed and you had bands of Raging Speedhorn coming down to Fletcher's the same booker um, <laughs> that low end festival went over two days it was like I think 18 bands uh, volunteer staff it was like Little Dave that works sound in like Dolan's and Limerick now myself Cass Merz, the guy promoting it, and I think that was pretty much all the staff for it. Um, I had nothing to do with it.
1: What, Was there any Irish metal bands that are still existing
4: now that played back then? So you had, like, I know Thoughts of Ruin reformed, they played it. Um, oh, really but I mean, a lot of the bands there, you had Ghost of Medina, you had like some savage bands from back in the era, like
2: Drainland, I think they were kind of a cross punk
4: band anymore, though. Um, few bands over from England that are still active like there was like Overoth um,
5: oh yeah. Overoth
4: from Northern Ireland yeah, yeah. Um, like, okay. I think basically what happened was just the classic thing where promoting is a thankless job basically the gigs were going really well for ages and just scaled too quickly I won't get into the internet it's the festival I'm pretty sure all the bands got paid kind of eventually and all that like but um basically just scaled to yeah that was a big drama Um, like back in that era like Waterford was still a melting pot where you had bands coming down from Cork constantly Five Will Die Brabantia them constantly they're still active like they were practically part of the Waterford scene back then but that festival that almost put Waterford like it was on the map already that was kind of the crux that it got big and then it overscaled really because that was too big kind of ruined the promoter because it's thankless you know if one
3: day goes wrong where do you come back from you know uh, tell me but I, I used to mm. book I used to book for a venue in Waterford a short lived venue in Waterford in 2009 Um, it was called Twister Vicks
5: yeah.
3: uh, I, I booked for them for the first six to eight months and um, <laughs> I, actually, I actually had a Kiss tribute band called Hotter Than Hell there Apparently, Europe's number one kiss tribute. There's a couple of lads from the north of Ireland. I think two Italians. And uh, I put a tenor on the door, and people were like, "But it's always free." But last yeah. night, but it's sold out. You know, it was a great night. The lads yeah. were in full makeup, but it was a great night. And um, we had a dry ice machine. And uh, Richie, I think go back in you, your era and my era, my era, we had smoke bombs. Ah, oh, classic. Yeah. The smell, the smell <laughs> of the sulphur, you know. <laughs> and you knew which song it was going to go off in, so you stood back. <laughs> Jesus Christ the big, That's the, the same venue that was, like, Baker Street. Bleeding. Oh, man, it's yeah, been about yeah, yeah. 10 different venues. That that originally, <laughs> originally Originally, it was Harney's Bakery. Yeah, that's
2: right. Yeah, yeah. And right. then, then it went down to be, yeah, Baker Street after that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pub, like, and then, jeez, it's been... The Beekeeper, it's oh no, the Beer Keeper, sorry, and then like Twister Vicks. There's been so many different names on that place. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. It, it it's just doomed to not work, it seems, you know. Yeah, but,
3: yeah. I, I think it's because of the location. I mean, when I was booking there, um a couple of lads in their late fifties and a couple of lads in their early sixties, even the word for the legend that is Skippy Sheridan, the drummer from Simon, you know, he came up to me one night with a couple of friends and one of his group said to me, My wife wants to talk to you. And I said, why? He said, I haven't been out in three nights in the one week for 15 years.
4: <laughs> That's and not what I'm man. Band. Get...
3: The bands you're bringing in by, I'm telling you, I'm going to be bankrupt and divorced.
4: <laughs> well, that was typical <laughs> Waterford, though. You go out for a gig on Thursday night, you get home on Tuesday. You end up sitting yeah. in yeah. the kitchen, like, you know.
3: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, sorry, what have you mentioned, Electric Avenue there?
5: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Just to throw into the mix of the conversation, speaking of metal and everything else, Club LA. Eh? I think it was two thousand nine. Paul Diano from Iron Maiden played there. Oh
2: yeah, played in the Academy. Yeah, yeah.
3: And um, I think, that show? I, 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 I played support. I put. I Mick O'Keefe, who was booking gigs there at the time, he um, rang me and he said, "Listen, can you pull a few of your old friends together?" And come in and play support, so we had one or two rehearsals and we went down and made a show of ourselves. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, that was 2009,
1: I think. It Dave, you didn't get in for the support band, obviously.
5: obviously yeah.
3: Uh, that, uh, yeah, it was
2: actually, um, his backing band was it was, um, you know, the Metallica cover band in Ireland, is Metallica or Metalish or whatever, yeah, that yeah, they
3: were his band. Was Flash, was Flash was Flash Murphy um on guitar? I'm not sure to be honest. He's I think yeah, I have no, I've met Flash a couple of times and um I played with his Metallica band um as a support or guest or whatever the hell or the same Bill in the forum one time. Yeah t- yeah, that's right. It was 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 Flash's band. Yeah, different dun talk, is it? Yeah,
2: somewhere summer summer up in there, yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but um yeah. That was the crowd like for Diano. Not uh, great, to be honest. It wasn't great. I think he, I think the venue lost on us.
5: Yeah,
2: they would have definitely. So I'd say it was lucky them. if there was more than about thirty people there. I'd say. And that's weird
3: and unfortunate because I think, the, I think it was about eighteen quid a ticket, and he didn't go on until midnight on a Thursday night or something. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. something like that. For that, uh, mm, he's notorious and anyway, even contrary. But so apparently, he's
3: retiring. Yeah.
2: Was this Do you remember, I, can't, I, I have an image of him, was he on crutches that night?
3: He had a stick. He had a stick, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It he stick. didn't look in good shape, I'll be honest. No, I, no, no, he has major health problems. But, um, yeah, I
2: know that, right, yeah.
3: I met him after the gig and we chatted in the tiny dressing room for about a half an hour and he was very nice. He was, you know, there was no kind of, there was no, I don't know, ego or whatever, but he just seemed just... Okay, but like all, like us all, you read about these people, you know. And he's not without all these problems, and he's he's made a few statements that kind of are self contradictory mm-hmm. over the years. And and if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. and uh, during that gig um, when he had taken to the stage with the band, he was I think he was criticizing Iron Maiden a little bit, or Steve, Steve mm-hmm. Harris, and I thought to myself well, you know what, okay, you did your time with the band, you're out of it, but you're out here now making a living off of playing that material. Yeah. And you're still writing your name in that, you know, font of that logo of Iron Maiden. See, uh, either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. if you have some personal yeah. gripes, I mean, maybe you should keep them to yourself.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was playing Iron Maiden songs, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I
3: don't think anybody went down there that night to hear him whinge about Steve Harris they wanted to hear Paul Diano the original ma- maiden singer sing some of his other band stuff because he had a band called Battle Zone or whatever and hmm. probably play Running Free or Remember Tomorrow and for hmm. the punters who paid the money to go in just leave it at that if you have a problem with Steve Harris ring him up and- ring him up and tell him yeah.
1: <laughs> In your experience as well, lads, running gigs, was there much of a student turnout for those gigs? Not very good. Is there a catchment area that hasn't been exploited? Maybe
3: for some of the lads, but not for me, because the the, the gigs that I was, I was booking for Twister Vicks. I mean, I had a band called Scaz, who were from Clare, I think. They were an eight-piece ska band, and some of the members were from Cork. And I mean I booked Rob Strong. And I booked again Patrick McManus And I, I think because of what was going on in Waterford or what I saw at that time with Electric Avenue and other places, they were kind of giving toward the student and the younger, you know? So I, I had a chat with the, the, the people who had Twister Fix and uh, we came to this kind of agreement that maybe we should aim for the older crowd. You know, mm. the lads who come out on a Saturday to the bar, and spend 25, 30 euro and then go home. Rather than some of the younger ones who jump to three or four bars, mm. so it's, I, we were kind of aiming for a we were aiming for a, a little bit of an older audience. Mind you, if you were eighteen and you came in, you were welcome. <laughs> yeah, you know? What about uh, Brian and Dave, Their
1: catchment students? Not really,
2: to be honest. I mean, I, I think because it became such a, a close knit scene at the time between the early two thousands to 2010-ish kind of era. I think everyone just kind of knew each other. So, like, Mm -hmm. you know, as soon as there was a gig announced, people knew it was on, you were going to go through it. It was a night out, and that's it. Like, you know, I never would have noticed. I mean, there was always people there that I wouldn't know, but I couldn't have told told you if they were, you know, a student or or not. I'm not really sure, to be honest. We definitely advertise, you know, in WIT and places like that. So it's possible, possible that, you know, but I, I couldn't tell you for sure.
4: Yeah, like I never found any overlap. Just I think the students kind of had their own thing. Kind of, there's a crossroads in the middle of Waterford where all the kind of like student bars are. You can stick two cops yeah, there yeah. and all the bars are watched. Um, Most of the gigs really were off the beaten track from there. Like you'd, like you'd okay. have maybe Electric Avenue in the middle of town but otherwise the forum's out of there. But the nature of the scene was very DIY and that's kind of what perpetuated because I mean you get a lot of towns that have the means, like you get the likes of Cork where it'll still always fall in three or four promoters to actually make things happen. But what if was the same? I mean, it was always just three or four people would just kind of have an idea, push with it. And that would kind of be the, the igniting thing. Like say Murph or me up here, you lights like Macker kind of set and you were involved as well, I think, with underground, like the forums yeah. SMDF. Those web forums back in the day, before Facebook and Bebo and kind of social media in general where people were kind of talking through most advertising gigs. So that mm-hmm. was almost like a central hub back then, you know? Yeah, that was the community. Okay. Yeah, that's where you,
2: everything was arranged kind of, you know, during the week or, you know, what are people up to this weekend? All that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah, word of mouth.
2: Yeah, yeah. But online yeah. as well, like that's that's when, you know, forums and stuff yeah. were in their heyday before social media, like Brian was saying there, you know?
5: Like, I thought it was magical because I came yeah. from like a country, yeah. basically, before where it was dial-up like, internet. Before really.
3: became a keyboard warrior. Bobby,
0: you're saying that uh, something I can kind of talk to in terms of the student thing was, um, I think it was about 2018. I think, um, uh, there was a WIT student, a fellow called Ben Hayes, was actually running gigs in uh, Central Arts for I'd say about the bones of a year, and I think he was doing under the name Rockology. And like, he was a WIT student and he was kind of doing it as as a society. And, like, I know ourselves went down, um, Carroza were down, um, just a few other bands were down. He he just contacted, like, he didn't know a whole lot, but he kind of learned how to run gigs in the process of, you know, mm. running them. Uh, but ran them for a couple of months, and they were really well, and they seemed to be kind of attended relatively well for, you know, especially, like, that kind of time period and stuff like that. Um, and, like, I think he only really finished up because I think he finished up in college, like, he graduated. Um, but you know, like those, like there was WIT students going to that. That like, were they coming in big numbers? Sure, look, you know, it's 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 water Like you know, if you get any, then you kind of be happy. Like, but uh, yeah, that was going for a couple of years there, a few years ago, and like, yeah, it was a good crack. Like, like, and who was behind like, the something...
1: Waterford Metal Fests then?
0: I don't know about that, but I remember that
1: was in the forums. The Warpath War Animator, Legion of Wolves. That was in two thousand and fourteen.
0: I don't
2: know. <laughs> that's a good question.
1: That yes, doesn't even original.
5: ring
1: a bell for me. No. Oh, I, I know. Probably Ben. Cunningham. That was run by Cunning Metal Productions. Yeah, that's uh, Ben Cunningham. Yeah. Okay. And okay. I think
4: were Vader at that as well. Ben that was in resident for a little bit. Was that?
2: That's, I think Vader played at that as well, didn't they?
1: Vader played at one of them as well. Yeah, for Rune, yeah. Uh, Animator, and Dead Label. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't at <laughs> any of them. I think
2: I was living in Cork at the time. Mm. So I heard I would I had heard about it, but I it just wasn't ringing a bell for a bit. But yeah, Ben Cunningham was the guy running those. Yeah,
4: yeah. It's funny, like it's, I always make the point to people: where you age out of a scene so quickly. Like you can spend years being the guy, almost like you could be booking gigs or a gig every week, or kind of that young fella helping somebody load a caravan and. Give it six months, two years of not talking to anybody. You don't know who's running yeah. that gig anymore. Your fingers are completely not in the pulse. Yeah. You know, I d- If I had to go back to order a gig now, I heard Central Arts, are they doing gigs anymore, Dave? No, they're gone. Central Arts
3: is closed. I think, yeah. think it's closed, yeah. It's
0: closed. I saw That's, something recently. Yeah, they closed yeah. there to start. It's up, is it up for sale? I know the organisation, Central Arts, is like trying to... I think they're. they said that they're looking for a new venue, but... The building itself, I'm not sure about Yeah,
3: the building itself. I think the building itself is up for sale. I'm not sure. That's right next to Jordan's,
4: isn't yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, in the alleyway
0: there in between. Yeah, right. it used to be yeah. the red kettle Tea. I've never been so. inside of myself. It's, they have a decent PA yeah. and stuff in there. Like,
4: um, That's how quickly you out, though. Like, You'll just basically take your finger off the pulse for six months a year, and then you don't even know who to book it off yourself yeah. and call in favours. You know. Like a-
3: do um, you say more but the cartoon is over?
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Central Arts actually was a sad spot though. Like I remember when that started out, it was like underground. Uh, well, not underground actually. It was up through the Arts Council but it was kind of like um, raves and kind of gigs going on there and trying to work. It was basically like a church setup, like very reverby and they're trying to set up like delay compensation between the bass out the back and just the logistics. Like basically these guys are like scuzzy dudes putting on gigs, you know, DIY style. They're also there Applying mathematics and physics to everything, you know, definitely. uh you're talking about markets, are you? Exactly. You know, (laughs) and that's the thing. It's just like if we weren't into the music, we'd be far richer. You know, (laughs) doing maths and physics for a hobby, like yeah.
2: Bear in mind, like these are the kind of people who also ran DJ right, like raves and stuff in their house. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, like they, 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 these guys loved it. Like they absolutely loved it. Um, um, it, 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 their group is called Ons. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't think they're still really doing that, to be honest. But... And was there, was no, there it, other it be... scenes?
1: I think the rave and dance culture were, were competing
2: always. Yeah, always. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you had Music Lab was was you know the techno scene very much so. Um... Can't,
3: can't say, can't say I'm a fan, gentlemen. Well, thank you. for coming. <laughs> yeah. I would argue though that there is an
4: overlap, and you can't really have one without the other. Like when I first moved to Waterford, like. Um, you know, pre-kind of broadband internet and all of that in 2005, like, you know, I was coming from Leash with the bad internet. That was my first time of kind of seeing a lot of different styles because back if you're in, say, Leash, if somebody's into metal, they like Guns N' Roses, Metallica, and maybe Mm. three or four bands. And anything after 92 is bad, but their entire thing is, I love metal, you know, kind of way. And then if you like electronic music, it's that other side where they only like taking pills and kind of, it's just house music. Different, different scene yeah. different scene not know. exposed to it yeah. and then when I moved to Waterford I found that I'd argue say the Forum was putting on metal gigs that place was probably staying active because they had the Music Lab guys putting on gigs week on week and having like the indie thing like say you know it was almost like treated like a rock bar like a rock club where all the metal heads went to hang out on Saturday in a large enough place and a decent nightclub we had to run to place for ourselves and, I mean the once guys were the guys with a van, they didn't care, they just supported a scene regardless of genre. So a van that was stolen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they care so much up. they just go and buy another van. That's their life. But, but I don't know
2: how it, like it's probably the most stupid van to steal because of how they had their design on it. Yeah. It's the most recognizable
4: van around town. Like yeah, yeah. I don't know how they actually uh the cop they got past the cops half the time with that van, but oh, basically that's Waterford was always about like Give them lemonades. Uh, give them lemons, make lemonade. You know, kind of way. It was like you would just show up on a Thursday to a venue to support the scene. You wouldn't really know what gigs on, almost. You know, kind of way. And for that reason, there was huge overlap of people getting into any kind of extreme music, even like extreme kind of like hardcore techno that grew up on new metal that would still show up and kind of support metal gigs and support rock gigs. You know, and yeah, there was a lot of crossover.
5: Yeah.
2: And I think. Something that we I can't believe we haven't mentioned yet is Spree Festival. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Spree always gave a chance to all sorts of music. I played Spree uh, once, yeah. nineteen ninety-seven, and like every year, like they had a metal stage every year for a long time. Wow. Okay, so um, where was it on, Dave, and who was running it? And what- so Spree, Spree Spree is a bank holiday weekend in August every year, and it's run. Um, it was it was funded very much by you know, arts grants and stuff like that. But it's all over the city. It wasn't just like one place. Okay. Um you know, you'd have outdoor you'd have outdoor acts, you'd have indoor acts, you know, and it's when
4: the forum was open, it's they had just, the,
3: the club there. It's not just music, it's street theatre. It's everything. Yeah, street um, theatre yeah. as well. Basically, yeah. 100,000
4: people come into the city from all around the country because you're out drinking, oh, well, you were allowed to drink openly in the street all weekend. So it was okay. just a proper session, you know.
2: Yeah, the guys never stopped you because they just didn't care really. They couldn't stop all of Yeah, That's, that's I mean. uh, the thing. But they hosted um, metal
1: pretty, gigs as well, yeah? Metal
2: bands, yeah? They did, yeah. yeah. So uh, again, they were kind of aimed at the all ages kind of crowd. Like they would have it on maybe a Saturday afternoon on one of the outdoor stages. Mm. Um, and you'd have kind of like, free, again, from about one to six or seven and you'd have like five or six bands playing like so that was always really cool as well and they always gave a chance to all sorts of music And so that opened you know it was another avenue for metal and rock as well so okay. you know and it's, it's a shame that's pretty um, you know obviously it's, it didn't happen last year it's not going to happen this year and I'm hoping that they will be able to, to keep it going because you know we all know how things are at the oh, moment and not just in the music I'm industry around. but arts in general
3: my gear is collecting
4: dust <laughs> yeah um, actually, the other part as well was they had that parade every year, and you know the yep. floats going around. Like residents, like were on one of the floats, fire float one year. Yeah, uh, I was a uh, part of that. Yeah, you know, I filled in last, for grain. Were you playing? Ba- yeah, you were playing filling on bass for that, weren't you?
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah they got
4: on Ordnung News as well. So that is probably the first ever piece of death metal on r yep. News. Yeah, nice.
1: that's on very the funny. last. Year. <laughs> Jesus, that's mad.
4: With any scene,
1: there's probably, as I said, the dance scene was running parallel to that. I mean, it was very slimmer on Cork as well with Sir Henry's and the dance scene. Actually, it actually took over. I played Sir Henry? Yeah, it took over more so and Metlers just fucking left or just stopped playing, you know, because it just became one of the biggest scenes in Europe, I would say, at the time. But Waterford always struck me as a place that loved its dance music as well. Oh,
2: yeah, still does. Because, (laughs) like, I mean, you know, it's obviously, you know, you know, no gigs over the last year or whatever, but
0: even up to last year, there was still acts
2: passing through and playing in the clubs, you know. Yeah.
0: Like, you have to remember, uh, so well, like the second biggest radio station in the area is beat 102, 103, which is like, yeah, all like like that would be like the radio station I was listening to going to school, and they'd have like a load of 90s dance music going, like in ah, right, half okay. eight in the morning. Like, it's it's very much a part of that whole region, like, is that kind of dance music thing, mm. you know? so.
4: That almost segues as well because, like the whole idea, because Waterford was always just like we're saying, lemons lemonade. It was always very DIY, just kind of a few people just kind of making things happen. But Metal Hertz, like you were in that, (laughs) weren't you? I was. Yeah, Yeah, they had the only pirate metal radio station in the country. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
2: Um, That was around 2008 or nine. We started that. It was myself, Macker and maybe I think it was Cass. Um, yeah we just started we just started we got an antenna we, you know various gear I won't get into the details of that but we set up in one of the lads flat and every weekend you know we'd, we'd run the show Friday, Saturday, Sunday night that's what, like we kind of let music just play actually no sorry when we started out we only did a show for a few hours across the weekend but eventually it got to a point where we would leave you know it would just play a playlist for the entire weekend but then people would have shows in the night time right. Um, and it was really, yeah. It was really, it was, it was an interesting time. Like, I mean, I, I got some really great opportunities out of it because, like, we managed to somehow get MCD to give us credentials to go and like interview bands that were coming into Dublin. Nice. So, like, I've interviewed the likes of, you know, um, Chris Adler from Lamb of God. I've interviewed Frederick Akerson from uh, Opeth. Um, load loads of people. Like, it's just it's mad the opportunities you got. Yeah. I interviewed Rex Brown, Jeez. like. That was the The ultimate, the ultimate Of yeah. anything Because Rex Beren is one of my base idols Yeah, actually. yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Um, Now see so You have to yeah, think of yeah, that really been... Brian Jesus Christ They forget some Oh no sure. <laughs> He went to interview um, What's in the ocean In Corkford? Because you were just able to kind of go Like oh we a metal radio station And then they brought you out to Manchester to get you. Yeah
2: we became good We're still good friends to this day Like I mean Three yeah. of the boys that in the ocean At the time were in coil guns now And they passed through Cork A bunch of, I, I booked them their gigs there years ago mm. Um, and Baylor did a tour with them a couple of times. So I mean, you know, the connections you make from these things are, is really, really kind of cool. Like, and yeah, you're right. That did slip my mind about Metal Arts. Completely slipped my mind. Um, yeah. Just as well you said it. But uh, <laughs> it was a really cool time. That, that and, and actually that turned into Open Tempo FM, which is still running to this day. Yeah. Um, not really a metal, you know, station anymore. But they're they're running constantly, twenty four seven, and they're doing really well. Like. Um, Yet, I don't know, but it was great to do a metal. Like, I mean, it's so funny. I remember the first night we we uh we went on air and Macker had a, a contact in I think it was in beef. And uh he, he got a message off your man saying that found where you are. Like within an hour, you <laughs> found where we were. Like. <laughs> so like yeah. but obviously he wasn't gonna say anything. to like but, yeah, I, I but I always remember it as, as a comrade, you know, they, these are the guys that like, hunt down the pirate radio stations and whatever. Yeah. Um, so, like, I remember we were going on air, I think Macro was going to do the first show on some Friday Friday evening, six o'clock. So what he decided to do was queue up, like, a half hour's worth of music and run down and get a bit of food in the takeaway around the corner. Like, And while he was doing that, he got a call from your man and beat. I don't know if I should say this, actually. I don't it's, know if might uh, see it. Something-
5: we I say, something. Kind
2: of <laughs> so um, uh, he gets a call anyway and he's like, um, you know, are, are you on air right now? Like he's like, yeah, hey, what's, what's the story? It's like, oh, ah, yeah. comrades are down basically. And they're, they're triangulating on you at the moment. Like, <laughs> um, so he knew and he gave us the tip. Like, and uh, we were lucky because the lads only, the lads and comrades only stopped to get a bit of food as well. So only for the fact that we got the call and we got, we got it down just in time. The aerial, we shut it down. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. um, but gas, absolutely gas times. like
4: It's like I'm saying, if we weren't into music, for the amount of skill sets you're putting, where people are putting on a radio station from yeah. scratch, working out all the technology, physics, because there's a system you could just break down and it's, it's not connected to anything in the room. There's nothing to be found. It was just like, yeah.
3: if we'd be dangerous, we're actually trying to do something to make money. Yeah. <laughs> <We're>
4: living,
3: <laughs> you know? I actually, just, just to cut in, speaking of pirate radio stations, when I was a kid, I remember when WLR, was a pirate radio station, and their rival at the time, ABC, it, was, it? was ABC, yeah, 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 And they used to, used to broadcast from um, a caravan, yeah, uh, somewhere out in the sticks. And I remember a story. I can't remember which DJ, because I, I knew quite a few of them. Uh, the guards would come around and smash all their equipment. Yeah. And one of, the, one of the lads had a battery. I think it was a car battery, and he remembers running across the field and all the acid from the battery going onto his <laughs> jeans and burning his legs. Jesus! And uh, what's his name? Stuart. What's his name? He works. He's the editor of Hop, um, the editor of Hot Press. He's an English chap, but he's lived in Waterford. For, well, he live in Ireland for forty years? He was actually a DJ on ABC Radio Waterford. And now I think he's the assistant editor of yeah. Office.
0: It's Joe okay. Clark. Jeez. Um. Yeah. Something that I've kind of noticed is, is kind of just uh, an unusual kind of uh, a a trend. A trend is that I've noticed that water for people tend to pop up in kind of the technical aspects of the scene almost all over the place. Like the amount of times that I've gone to like, um, service like I was involved in like music societies or whatever like that, and we go somewhere, and. No one that you're talking to in terms of like the creative side of stuff is from Watford, but then you mentioned the sound guy like hears your accent and goes, Oh well boy, what's the crack, How are you good now? <laughs> like and it just immediately pops up.
5: Oh no. yeah.
0: yeah, but just it, <laughs> but like it, it kind of seems to pop up all over the place. I've kind of joked for years that like Waterford people are secretly like holding the whole scene together, yeah, when, like the backgrounds. Kind of- <laughs>
3: <laughs> they love fiddling with wires. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: think it's no coincidence that like electronic music even
4: like it's so big there because I mean that does involve a lot of technical skill. Just yeah,
3: yeah. I don't
1: know. I mean, like when you left, then Dave and Brian, what way was the scene at that stage?
2: Pretty good, actually. Uh, so we yeah. were in a band called the Great Ocean Divide at the time. Mm. Uh, we were a three-piece instrumental band. So, like, I think it was just. I mean. Yeah, bands coming in, like, and so we watched From Fire played there a bit, and yeah, like, No Spill Blood from Dublin, they passed through quite a bit as well. Um, melodica Dead
4: Chip, Steve yeah, on from yeah. Neurosis had just guests on their album, and um, the Sal's gig there, like, basically, it was like glasses rattling off the shelves, there's so much low end, which is yeah. a lot, like, but just a guy playing a melodic over beats and drums, but Steve on Til from Neurosis going, like, yeah, I want to be on that. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah,
2: the scene, the scene was pretty good at the time. Um, like, I mean, I suppose it was still kind of, you know, made re- made recovering from recession kind of thing. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't hopping like it was in the early 2000s and stuff by any means, but it was still
4: pretty good. You know I mean? Our shows, you know, there was decent turnouts, like, you know. Yeah, It contracted a lot. Like, I think the easiest way to put it was the recession caused a bit of a brain drain. It was like mm-hmm. a lot of people went off to go to college in Limerick or, like, you know, kind of moved to Dublin or whatever. And whoever was left just had to try and make something of it. So yeah, we had people true. say, uh, Kev Power, like he's playing, you know, Sydney Chips, like kind of our simples, whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, few guys. running. by the way. The Neil Sheen. Yeah, 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 Kev Power, the guitar player? Kev,
3: yeah,
4: Kev. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, guys like those and um, Anna McCarthy kind of just running gigs, um, out of Cells, but they'd have a lot of post-hardcore gigs going on, which is still overlap with metal. I mean, it's still heavy music, mm-hmm. but it was a lot more inclusive by then. Basically, you just had to show up, to support the scene, whatever was happening. It could be electronic on a Thursday. Next Thursday, it could be the heaviest of bands. Hands Up Once to Die, like those guys, uh, Barry Lennon from them ran the Richter Collective, which was label, and so Watch and Fire was um. And also, yeah, yeah. Um, the other guy running was Adam e. Shank, like Mick Rowe, the drummer, so...
1: And what about um, if you were a band could you record down in Waterford what were the facilities like?
3: Not really. Um, I've never recorded in Waterford. Okay.
2: Like, <laughs> I, I have. I have um, Cormac Cavanaugh, who had a band called Duke, he was a guitar yeah. player. Yeah. He had his own studio so up come. in there. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a place in Waterford called the Dukes Factory right? Oh
3: the Dukes Factory yeah. grew yeah. like so up
2: around, like around the corner from. Yeah. The Dukes Factory is, has been a notorious place for you know rehearsal spots studios, you know, session spots, raves, everything Mm. that goes on there. It's a business complex, basically, right? um, Used
3: to be just a factory.
2: Yeah, it used to to be a factory. Um, But Cormac Cavanaugh had a place in there um, that he had had a studio for a while and I recorded um, my band Orpheus did two demos in there uh, back around 2007, maybe 2009 as well. Um, But that's – I can't think of many other places that – and like Cormac's long gone now. He's living over in the States now. Mm. Um but I, I don't I don't know. Oh is he? He is,
3: yeah, yeah. He's over there maybe
2: four or five years then. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's living in Florida, I think.
3: Actually, I just told a lie. There used to be a recording studio down on Mary Street. Okay. Just off of Bridge Street when you uh, and it was owned by a guy named Michael Power. Uh he's no longer with us. He died a couple of years ago. Um uh, very famous around Waterford he was a bass player you used to play Sunday morning jazz sessions oh. in The Rage um, way back and uh, that was called Earth Sound Studios okay but and that that was, there, that was actually a rehearsal room as well hmm. and uh, his father owned the building and it was an old mill and his father used to come, his dad used to come down during the daytime when most of us who had a job back in the 80s and there wasn't many of us who had one of those his father, even though you had your own padlock on the door, because when you rented a room, I think it was £15 a week, his father would come down. He was retired at the time. He would come down and he'd clean up your room for you. Okay. He'd, pick up, he'd pick up all the, the beer Cigarette cans, the, the guitar strings, the the, bro- <laughs> yeah, the broken drumsticks, you know. Jeez. And they actually put a lift into the building one time because it was a two, two-storey building. Mm-hmm. They put a, a small lift. It was you you couldn't fit a person in it, but f- just for heavy, like you might have a Marshall combo amp or a bass drum, and you come back at three in the morning from Sir Henry's in Cork or um, somewhere in Carlow or whatever, and you know you're you're gone half mm-hmm. the day. But it was it was great. The lift was great. Yeah. Mind you, a few a, a few guitars lo- kind of lost their neck in that lift because they slipped and they weren't in cases. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That was around nineteen eighty nine thereabouts
4: it's still part of the culture of the town like I always found Waterford just because it's always a little bit left behind by the government where the job prospect always went fucking shit there that's what caused the kind of brain drain I was talking about but that's what made it kind of vibrant for I mean theatre arts photography music kind of DIY scenes um, just because it was almost acceptable to be unemployed there because what were you meant to do few call centre jobs but <laughs>
2: Just, just on the studio
0: things. as well, there was Ruby no, Studios Ruby. as well. Yeah, I was of thinking of Ruby Studios myself. I remember hearing that name. Yeah, around.
2: yeah, like it, Ruby Studios was mainly a rehearsal spot, they did have a studio, and there was some bands recorded in there, but no, I don't, I don't want to be <laughs> offending anyone by not knowing who recorded in there, but I can't think, I, I don't know anyone personally yeah, no. who, who puts up my own. I know
0: their... up in kind of West for the main studio people can think of be Clay Castle out in All. Um, and I know a yeah. few Watford bands went up there as well, but yeah. Uh, I recorded there too, yeah. yeah.
1: Let's make it uh, clear that Y'all is in Cork for anybody that doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: It's across the bridge. It's across the bridge. Uh, yes. We it's can see it from bridge.
4: From <laughs> But like, Waterford's always networked anyway. It was always, if the scene was vibrant <laughs> enough, people would shop because it was always shop for gig Like, Murph, used to book a lot of gigs there when, say, Orpheus were going, so you'd have like Hero and Error and Red Enemy and all those bands yeah. coming down. You know, it was always a spot. Oh, nice one. It was always a spot on your tour. Like, if you're, if I was trying to book a tour this week, now you'd be kind of just going Dublin, Cork, Limerick, Galway, Belfast, but Waterford used to be one of those yeah. places you'd put down, That's you know. Kind of, and yeah, along,
1: along with Kilkenny, so they'd hit Kilkenny, hit Waterford with that.
4: Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. like, the like football,
1: when you said it's like a hero and error. I know they'd like again, yeah. so
2: they were have Yeah, yeah. Like, I, to the I, I've, I've tried to rope in Waterford a bit into our tours of Baylor. Um I mean, you played Central Arts once for this, was it? Yeah, it was our second gig,
4: and we supported you. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, like, I've I've tried to rope Waterford in a bit just to kind of, you know, try and try and see if it's worth doing. Um And to be honest, the gigs were pretty good. It was in Central Arts. Um, which obviously we were just saying it's gone now but um, you know the gigs were good and, and I'd like to see you know when gigs come back hopefully there might be an option of a venue somewhere that things can maybe pick up again but
3: well I don't mean to sound pessimistic but I think when gigs come back I think the worst band in the world are going to sell out probably because yeah. everybody will be just gagging oh, to go over totally. yeah,
5: yeah. that,
3: that'll out only and, last a certain and, amount uh, of time
2: you
4: know yeah
3: of course mm. Yeah, you'll get a month out of yeah. it but it'll be it'll be a good month <laughs> yeah, <true that>. it'll <laughs> certainly... but crucially can
1: Waterford host that type of stuff yeah. um, That's gonna be the question
2: I, there's definitely a venue or two that I could pull some strings in but they wouldn't be <laughs> ideal I don't think not currently anyway so
5: yeah.
2: we'll see we'll see the little lay of land there's a lot of places are closing and stuff like that as well so who knows who might pop up and, and you know
3: yeah exactly like, Nobody, nobody knows what's going on. have every
4: faith, there's always somebody that just wants to make things happen in that town. Yeah. I'm just out of the scene too long to know the guy's name, but they've always managed to make it work in some venue at some point. Um, I'm seeing a punk scene coming up there at the moment, even, that, you know, will have an overlap, you know?
0: Steve yeah. Fairlong is usually involved in that. Yeah. The, recurring, the recurring theme of Waterford, the scene is just sheer stubbornness a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, but, like, you know, there's stuff there, like, you know, WIT applying for the university status. And, I mean, like, there's not really any places in the country to have a university where there isn't some sort of a scene going on. So hopefully that would bring some sort of influence into it, whether it's kind of a, a legitimization to, you know, outside kind of elements or whatever. You kind of hope that will bring something in. It's it's a case of, like, you know, half half of Apenham's from Waterford, like myself and Christopher from longarvan so, there's always this element of wanting to play in Waterford and stuff like that. We've only gotten to do it once, and we'd like to do it again and like I know there's bands there like um meniscus, I think i have started up again recently, and like they're Water band, and like um there's kind of there's, i I think it's kind of a case of you just kind of have to get lucky and find like the right people with drive who are there, find the right spot that lets you just work away and uh, I think it could happen, but it's kind of just. Yeah, it's sheer stubbornness and maybe a bit of luck, I think. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's the one. What bands can you name check that are still going? Animator is one, obviously. Yeah,
0: Animator
2: more New, new Ross. Um, but okay, they definitely passed through water for a lot. Yeah. Mexicans. Mexicans.
5: Mexicans.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know the Animator boys are great. Jeez, oh, I've known them since um, they were Heresy before they were Animator. Um, and I can't remember when they changed. Their they probably didn't change their name about 10 years ago, maybe. But like, I've played countless gigs with those lads, both when they were Heresy years ago, and you know when when they've been animators. Really good guys, and they deserve every success again. Mm. Like there's, you know, in my opinion, there's not many bands in the country doing trash well, and they are one of the ones that do it very well. So, one
1: hundred percent, really they're good. good. They're so tight,
2: it's just incredible. Mm. So good. Mm. Um, Anyone else you want to give shoutouts? <laughs> do you know the horrible thing is like ever since I've moved back to Waterford, like. It's, a, it's like Bobo was saying you grow out of a scene so quick like I was only living in Cork a couple of years and by the time I came back I knew no one do you know I mean
3: I, like an old man. yeah
2: so like I still had I mean I still had friends here and I knew people but I didn't know who was running gigs anymore I didn't know yeah, the yeah. bands all that stuff you know what I mean? stuff. it all changed in two changed. years like you know so
5: it's yeah
4: absolutely yeah. it only takes one pissed off board person that needs to start booking a few gigs and doesn't realise yet how thankless it will be eventually and yeah. we we'll are happen you know
1: <laughs> yeah Yeah. I'm going to name out a few there that I took down um, resonance.
2: resonance Resonance yeah
1: was yeah. that, that Macros yeah was I just that? in that yeah.
2: yeah. as well yeah yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. okay and Holocene Extinction yeah Holocene Extinction yeah I know I know a couple of lads uh, Best Steel Creation Black
4: Metal <laughs> Don't know them.
1: Repentance, doom metal. Doom no, metal was
4: a big no. thing though. Like, as in, you couldn't go to anywhere. What you could mean, Supermax or um, just yeah. in the shipper on a Friday night. Everyone had that same down shirt. Everyone had ah. the same down shirt on.
1: Oh, yeah. So there was a, a bit of a doom metal scene in in
4: Waterford for, for a bit. my shoulder. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <That's an experiment laughs> there. But like back then, like I was saying, that's why I suppose Frivo and and all those bands were down every three weeks practically, you know, gigging. They yeah. they always got to turn it like
0: I guess the one of the last kind of bands that I kind of knew from around there before I kind of left myself was uh, provisions. I think from what I can tell they finished as Bobby and, and Dylan yeah, and I from guess. what I can tell they finished up in twenty seventeen, but uh yeah, but like they were, they were kind of from the last kind of like there was a couple of bands like there was like um Hayden and Lion Eyes, which I think were like mostly the same band. I think they changed their name as well again before then. But like the last kind of band that was starting to gain a bit of traction for life, I, I left was uh Provisions, and uh, like I
2: th- yeah, they were quite good. We, they played at Baylor a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're a good. Like band.
0: I said, all the stuff that I can remember from that time is Under the Door, City Punks kind of um, name, so that whole kind of thing
2: actually a band I definitely want to give a shout out to
0: is um, Black Smokers Club oh yeah yeah, not a metal band but they're a funk band and they're great and King Kong Company as well again not a metal band but more electronic kind of stuff yeah
1: I'd say probably maybe October November all goes well there definitely is an opening for someone to be booking a mortar because bands will want to literally play. Yeah, but, like I said, was like recently path, right.
0: 2018, 2019, there was geeks going on there and they were doing well. They just didn't continue because the guy run them graduated. Like mm. you know.
4: okay. So there's there is hope, is the point. It's, it's the point. The point. If the venues are a big thing, I mean back in the day you used to have the forum, which was made anybody you could play on that stage get two photos taken and then book your next gig and look, your EPK is done already. You look way bigger than you are. Yeah, the, like, the
2: Forum, the Forum was my favourite venue ever. Loved it. Yeah. It's just such a shame it's gone. Like.
4: And it's a bingo hall now. It's right? a yeah. bingo
0: hall, yeah. <laughs> Insult injury there. Oh, like, yeah. Play the bingo hall. <laughs> but it
4: just needs the venues, but there will always be the turnout. Like, if it's ever on the, if you ever booked a gig in Waterford and the venue's there, You'll Have a
2: turnout, yeah. yeah. Like, in, in the main room, which became a restaurant before they completely shut down, but the main room was a thousand cap, a big venue. Like, yeah, and then the, up- the wow. upstairs was 500 cap, and that's usually where most things happened. But, like, I remember seeing the final Loving criminals in the main room of the forum back around 2003 or four, and like that sold out a thousand people. Like, it was a great night. Yeah, yeah. the,
5: br- the, br- the bridge hotel, you know?
3: hotel was that was the venue back in the 80s. Which one? Oh, was the Clive? The Bridge Hotel. It, it's. Oh, that's right.
4: I remember some underage gigs years later there. Yeah.
3: Oh, the Bridge Hotel. Oh, you the Sorry, Metropole yeah. Hotel. I heard yeah. You, if you come in from Dublin or whatever, you cross the bridge, mm. you'll see it because it's right next On to it. On the Keys. Yeah. On the Keys, right? Yeah. The and the Metropole was across I mean, from it. Across the road from it. I and played there a couple of times. Yeah, and
2: Prodigy played there, early 90s.
3: Yeah, well... Where? The, the Bridge Hotel saw everybody pass through, you know? Mm.
5: Mm.
3: I mean, there was one um, Irish... Um, Rock band from the nineties, no sweat. Oh yeah, I remember uh, them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, um, Heart the, and Soul was it? Was that, that their that fucking thing? That was sing- the big one. Yeah, that was the big one. Heart Jesus and Soul. Jesus Christ! You could look yeah. it up on YouTube, lads. <laughs> um, yeah, they played there. Everybody played there. I mean, something happens. Used to play there. Something happens were massive in Ireland in the late eighties.
1: I went to the In Spiral Carpet Stone all right in the bridge Actually, the, the house marons. there was around 12 of us <laughs>
3: Richie do you remember the house marons?
1: of course I do yeah
3: uh, well they played there now I didn't go to it because I wasn't into the house marons. yeah 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 but there's a story going around Waterford now I don't know how true this is it could be an urban myth I have no idea mm. that the crowd are going ape they were loving the gig everybody's having a great time the place held about 1500 people right and uh, apparently the, the legend goes that one of the members of the house barons got into the the groove with the audience, you know, and mm. shouted apparently, allegedly, something to the uh, audience, get back you Irish dogs. And then the whole mood changed. Bottles, chairs, tables went flying at the band. <laughs> That's what I heard. I don't know if there's an ounce of truth in it. That's that. the Viking blood and I'm still you know uh,
0: Walker <laughs> just turn you like that. It's <laughs> over <laughs>
4: oh
2: brilliant yes there's definitely been some moments right around town that is just legendary legendary moments yeah. can you share a few with them Dave? Uh, so I mean we've covered a lot in terms of rock and metal we've covered covered a lot um, yeah. but there's mm-hmm. some random ones ones with that I haven't even been there and they're like <laughs> but like 50 Cent has played Waterford like, yeah. do you know what I mean? like that's 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 unheard of being you know, honest like what? I mean you know who, who would have said that would have happened like you know and like Fateless and bands like that have passed through um, yeah, Snoop Dogg.
4: I was at that gig <laughs> or Snoop Dogg where he brought a load of girls back to like that hotel out by Jack Meads which Is one's Snoop that he did yeah yeah um,
2: um, I, I went like, to see Coolio of you know Gangsta's Paradise fame. Did for a little yeah. while as well. He, he did a show
4: and like uh-huh. we mixing them up. I think it's Coolio. I'm thinking it that is Coolio. It's, it's that, yeah, it's yeah, nice. yeah, if
2: that yeah. played Waterford, I, I don't think the town would have recovered yet. Like
4: no. no, no, no. <laughs> 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 it must
1: be a joke. <laughs> <No. Well laughs> yeah. tell us the Coolio, Coolio story. Yeah,
2: so like that was in I uh, can't remember what club it was now, but um, mm. I think it yeah, was Paradise. What was Was
4: I think that was yeah. His. It
2: was it was down from what's Mulde, no not what the Muldoons now. I can't remember. I don't even know what's there now. And place Muldoons. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's, I think it's called now.
2: The next place down, there used to be a club there. Oxygen, Oxygen there, used to be Oxygen. Um, and yeah. but Only Coolio right. played there, and he, he, I don't know, like everyone just went for the novelty. It Was like ten quid or something, so you know, just go and see Coolio. Like, but he. Uh, there was no support actor Atten and he was an hour late on stage. He played a 20-minute set and played Gangsta Power's of, Gangster twice. Incredible. Absolutely
4: incredible. <laughs> <laughs> the
3: slow version
4: and the fast yeah. version. It's, he picked up a load of ones. went out to that hotel down by Jack Meads. Yeah. and, yeah, and then basically got, everyone got, like, so there was some major drama there. A lot of people got kicked out. Yeah, Just, he
2: had um, <sighs> he had dancers on the stage with him who were absolutely from Waterford, like, 100% from water <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was it. it was a fun night though fun night 20 minutes it was a fun two songs fun two songs Jesus yeah. oh, he, he had the audacity to not even
0: play the Keenan and Kel team, team. yeah <laughs> it was a day trip there as well for a little Take while you. again going off the metal kind of topic which was kind of more of a pop kind of festival thing there was oh, a festival fair? day tripper for a little while. It was more kind of a pop yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, that still goes on. Yeah, that's was still there. going on, yeah. Um, yeah, there was a couple of, like international acts did that. Um, yeah, 50 Cent was one of the ones that played at that. Oh, one. was that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Atlanta. It was like oh, Kaiser yeah. Chiefs as well and like... Uh, yeah. Oh, who else did they get? There was, uh, UB40. They love bringing in UB40. Yeah, UB40. Love They'll it. play anywhere. Every year. How'd <laughs> they get UB40? Probably a Fiverr. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Fiverr in <yeah. and> Marisburg. <laughs> but, uh... Hmm.
1: But what it just goes to show is like there is a big
4: love of fucking
0: other oh, music in Waterford. Yeah. always has been, you know? It's, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's absolutely.
4: To town. And, you know, always will be, I think, you know? Because the government won't do mm. shit for them. So they do it for themselves, you
0: know? Yeah. I was the saying that, yeah. like, from the last recession, yeah, yeah. Waterford was still in recession up until, like, 2015 or 2016 or something like that. 2021. Probably. <laughs> still, <laughs> probably, you know? yeah. I don't think it already got out, but. um.
2: Yeah, it got hit really yeah, bad, yeah. really yeah. bad. Like, I never saw so many places close down so quickly.
0: It was just yeah.
3: wow. horrible. It's sad to hear. It's sad to hear, because I'm out of there six years now. Yeah. Sad to hear. Yeah. I haven't been back for
0: I remember, three um, years. I was
3: so, you, 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 would, you would have seen it when you came
2: back. Like, there were still in the recession hitting, like, 2007 or whatever. Like, that's, you know, a couple of years later, so many places just went under. It, it's just, yeah. it was tragic.
3: No, I was back there from 2006 to 2015. Yeah. So, so I you would have seen a
2: lot, seen of a lot of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I and I, I don't know; none of us know the effects of coming out of this. Mm. You
0: know what I mean? So yeah. we'll see. No, sure. There's the whole thing that like Waterford well, City basically just completely shut down after six o'clock every evening. Like, you know, if you were getting the bus down from Dublin, you're out. Oh, you're down at five yeah. past six. Ghost town, just. Yeah, yeah, but I
1: mean, they pedestrianised it. They live live in in the, the center, center, maybe three, three or four years ago and we just went on the lash and uh, it was just, we had a great time, man. Like, there was some really good bears and stuff yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it it has the infrastructure, but it doesn't have what you're saying is the money and the
4: people that are spending yeah, the it money. It also doesn't have There's,
3: the venues currently. That's what the
4: venues are the biggest issue. It's it's, it's basically used to be a book a gig and the back of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so they need a Fred's basically somewhere that'll just throw on yeah. anything for very little
4: kind of and they've had a load of versions of Fred's over the years but if they had the venue the thing is Annie Bannon was able to come down from Dublin Cork, Galway Belfast and have a three day session stay in somebody's house and that was just a culture back then it was like they never really had the bears or the, the, the infrastructure really to do much but it was just what you need
3: to do is get your, your Get your work into Leinster House. <laughs> yeah. And he, he'll he bring the money in. John Milan,
4: John, John Millan, yeah. <laughs>
5: Get it done.
4: John,
1: John Millan. Yeah. So we start with John and we'll finish with <laughs> John. <chapter then. laughs> so lads, Clive, thank you, Dave. Well,
0: thank you, Dave. Cheers, Dave. Dave. Thanks.
1: Much appreciated. So look, I mean... You, you too, Clive. Um, it'd be fantastic. And there is hope. We won't. We won't dismiss it. There is hope that bands will want to play gigs, and Waterford certainly should. If somebody grasps the handle and says, "Yeah, we well, can I mean, get I'm, you I'm, down. I'm tying
2: with the idea, Richie. I'll be honest, because like I'm, I'm finishing my, my degree next week, so I will have time. Don't
1: yeah. make me
4: move back there. <laughs>
1: Okay, so you've been listening to Richie and the Metal Cell Podcast. Thanks again to the lads uh, for coming on the show. Hit subscribe if you like it, and uh, crucially, sports local metal scene.